All right. Welcome to Walk It Off's Happy Hour Hang. Drew, it's you and me here on a Tuesday afternoon. Happy Hour Hang. Happy Hour Hang. And we're talking the NFL draft. Uh, this is going to be an exciting conversation, not just because of the topic, but because I get to hang out with you today. And what's better than doing that on a, on a sunny afternoon? Hey, on a sunny uh, special day afternoon. Happy birthday, buddy. Thank you, brother, man. I appreciate it. There's nobody I'd rather be hanging out with on my birthday. Hey, we did this. Uh, we yeah, we were together. Don't tell that to your wife. But. She, she knows it. We went into this thing <laughs> eyes wide open, man. Uh we 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 did this. I was in Nashville for the NFL draft, and you and I celebrated my birthday together there. It was a blast. Always a good time. Always a special event. We were hoping to get a, our guy AT in for some more draft evaluations as well, but he's a little bit under the weather today. But he did give me some uh, some spicy takes for the draft. So I, I can't we'll wait get to hear to those him. while we're talking too. But. Well, I've got to do what is incredibly unprofessional. I have to do on a on a video, lo- technically kind of live recording. I got to plug in my laptop, so I got to go. I got to go get my computer cord oh my real God. quick. Oh I know, God. otherwise this thing is just disappearing into the ether. So give me one second, and I will be back. Unprofessional uh, so, on a happy hour hang. How I know. Could you? I'm sure you've got it, at least while I'm listening, but not right here. Tell me about what you're drinking and what you talk to At about a little bit. <laughs> well, you guys know I told you about my go-to beer for the pool for a hot summertime. Those Schlafferhoffers, Grapefruit Hefeweizens. Man, nothing like a nice cool drink. Low alcohol, whatever, for your beach hangs, for your pool hangs. Just makes me happy in the summertime. And when we got all this sunshine in Nashville this week... I'm back to the Schlafferhofer, showing it back off for the summertime. And yet, this is the first time I've ever found it in bottles. So I was going to say, I... I'm, fairly exciting. I've never seen a Schlafferhofer there. Would you Would you say that again three times for me, please? <laughs> Schlafferhofer's in bottles. Schlafferhofer's in bottles. <laughs> Schlafferhofer's in bottles. Oh, I love it. I love it. And that's why we get paid the big bucks for radio, people. That's right. It's all, that, uh, all those tongue-and-mouth exercises, man. Those limericks and... Everything. Practice. Unique New York. Unique, Unique York. New York. Unique. Pronunciation. Red leather. Pronunciation. <laughs> Making it happen. Making it happen. That's what we do. But mostly all we just go around and say, woo, tighten up. Bang fingers. E, 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 e. <laughs> We're good at this. Uh, whatever. Whatever else we need. That's about it, right? There's not much else we need besides knowing a few chants. Uh, the hardest one still is, are the MLS chants. I got to be honest. I got those are those are the new ones we got to learn that uh, that it still elude me. But I guess you know, I, we're just a couple days away right now from that first game at Yotus Park. I cannot wait. Uh, I wish I was going to be there. Are you going to be at the game? And Drew? we just got the big news that Derrick Henry is now a part owner of Nash SC. I saw that. He looks Tied good in that color. In those colors. <laughs> You know, Man, Derek Henry. Derek Henry can do no wrong in Nashville. We all know that. No, and it's I. I love it when players invest in other ways. And I want to say like this: he's the first player to invest because you don't have to invest in a sports team to invest in your community. Uh, there's Absolutely. a bunch of that, and of course, you know, players like like Eddie George has been a part of this community, making those kinds of investments for a long time. But 
but it something as visual and 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 outward like that especially in the sports realm is so cool um it shows Derrick Henry's long-term ties to this. I mean, he could, of course, sell his stake at any point, but is he going to? That 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 shows something like some dedication to the community as well. And you know, it reminds me as a as a you know when I'm paying attention to the Phoenix and Arizona sports landscape when Larry Fitzgerald bought a stake in the Phoenix Suns. I mean, that is the blending of all yeah. things great in Phoenix, and that's exactly what. Derrick Henry is doing there too. It's a, it's it's a good sign for the state of sports culture in Tennessee. Now nah, that's a, that's something that we've pushed for since we've been on the air that we've always wanted to see more of. Just seeing, you know that that great attachment between our Nashville sports teams that hasn't always been there, but now we see. Taylor Luan and the offensive line being fixtures at Preds games, chugging their beers, and Nash SC, the, the, uh, you know, waving the the scarves. Derrick Henry owning the, te- the part of the team. Yeah, we see John Morant smash a guitar at the Sounds game once. <laughs> That's awesome. Really cool. Really cool. Yeah, seeing a little bit of, uh, you know, you don't want to use uh, all those corporate buzzwords, but <laughs> when you've got everything flowing in the same direction. Your workflow is all together. Is synergistic. National teams. That's yeah. the word I was looking for. <laughs> Sorry, I've never been a business man. <laughs> uh, the synergy the between sy- our Nashville teams is nice to see. Yeah, it's a good cadence. The workflow is optimized for sure. Yeah. And we're trying to give a little bit of that today too. You know, I uh, dressed up for our, our NFL draft episode and this Titans pullover that makes me feel like I'm a front office member. Yeah, just for the job you want, right? Call us up anytime, Titans. That's exactly right. Did that not come with 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 uh, with with sweet <laughs> tickets? There, I feel like they should come hand in hand. Neither confirm nor deny. Yeah, box we seats for sweet access. Yeah, but it's it is Tuesday, as you said, in the afternoon when we're recording this. So big game for the Grizz tonight, too. Yes, sir. Got to represent while we're there. I have many sports superstitions and. <laughs> If the team need a big win, I'm not taking a piece of apparel off my head while that game day is going on. I still haven't found my right mix of apparel for the Grizz. Unfortunately, the only piece of Grizz uh, paraphernalia that I own <laughs> is is a Marcus All apron. On the happy hour we have, we have, and it's not. Unfortunately, it's not conducive to everyday wear, but. I'm going to look goofy, Drew, but my my afternoon, I'm making pizza tonight. So I may, I rolled out Wait, some you're dough. You're cooking your own dinner on your birthday? I am. I am. It's it's going to be a, a tandem thing. You know, Emma, my wife, now my wife, Drew, is uh, is going to help me make pizza all together, and we'll make some, some brownies and stuff, too, in, in celebration. So it'll be a, a team effort. That but sounds good. I've got Grizz tonight. I've got Suns tonight. I'm going to be wearing a Devin Booker jersey <laughs> with a Marcus All apron, and that is what you have to picture for this evening. I like it. I like it. That sounds like a great way to spend the day. It is. I have no complaints. <laughs> but, hey, what do you say we get into this draft talk? Let's do it, man. We're only two days away. It feels like this one snuck up on us a little bit just because – I don't know about you, but I cannot remember a draft like this with just so much uncertainty. 
until yesterday, we got basically the news that the consensus for the number one overall pick has changed. All throughout this draft process, in the early stages, it was Kayvon Thibodeau. But all throughout the this year's draft process, Agent Hutchinson was that name associated with the number one overall pick. With occasionally, before they franchised Cam Robinson, we would see Evan Neal or Ikena Iwandu there. But it seems like Trayvon Walker right now, two days out, is getting all the buzz as the Jags guy with that number one overall pick. It's it, like you said, it's indicative of how crazy that this this draft has or, or uncertain, like you said, that this draft is, which leads to it being entirely crazy. I mean, I'm seeing I'm seeing mock drafts where Thibodeau's going nine, ten and like the whole world is upside down. And that's I can't sit here and say that's a travesty or something unexpected no, because <laughs> that's yeah, that's how this is. And that is makes our job harder if in predicting or guessing or thinking about what might happen to the Titans, because the 26th pick is something that is so determinant on what other player, what other folks choose. We talked about this the last couple of weeks too. It's, you know, the skill players, things like quarterback, let's just say not even skill players, quarterback alone is going to disrupt this because there's going to be a top 10 quarterback Usually, that's usually, you know, the way that things go. There's usually at least two, maybe three, if not, you know, a record season like we saw, I think, where we saw four or whatever it was a couple years ago go in the first round. Five in the first 15 last year. This is, you know, you can bet on things like that happening, taking a reach for elite skill players or somebody who has that, that, uh, that, that edge rush talent that you may want to reach for. And that means that whoever is sitting on the big board at 26 right now for the Tennessee Titans, likely somebody who's around 18, 20, 22 is going to be available for them to go with best available uh, instead of need, which always throw this, throws this thing into a, a weird situation. The quarterbacks are just so bizarre to have a year where it seems like Nobody really likes any of the quarterbacks in this draft, which is just so strange because you know teams are still out there. We saw that unbelievable amount of movement of quarterbacks this offseason in free agency and trades, superstars changing teams, team needs changing there. Now, Baker Mayfield is still projected as the Browns' backup as we speak. He wants out. Uh, Sam Darnold is still the Panthers' starter as we speak. There's very, uh, there's still so much up in the air. Jimmy Garoppolo is still on the 49ers when everybody thought that was a done deal. There's a lot of uncertainty still in a draft that nobody really loves any of the quarterbacks is absolutely contributing to that. It's really fascinating to see, even here we are sitting two days out from the draft, it could go in any direction. Yeah, We think the Carolina Panthers will use the top round pick for a quarterback. But you've got to think they're desperately trying to trade back at least a little ways to recoup. They don't have a second or a third this year to recoup some of that in a draft where it doesn't seem like many other teams will be after a QB in the top 10. You know they want to recoup something, maybe trade back. But I think every team right now is looking to trade back in this draft. A draft where the strength of it is really at that 
end of first round, second and third rounds. A lot of great depth this year. But the highest end talent, as we're seeing from a shakeup within the same position at number one overall, is very uncertain. It is, but but don't you feel like it's worth betting on first-round talent, at least, even if it's jockeying round by round? I guess my point is... Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, like, it, that's with the luxury of the Titans, which makes them maybe a good candidate to trade up or stand pat and be one of those folks that... Which I, I hadn't considered until now. I, I thought maybe collect those picks and move back. But if you have the luxury of going with best available, as I think the Titans do, they certainly have needs, but it's a solid team that to be able to capitalize on these folks who are willing to give up a high spot to get the best position that they're looking for, like a quarterback or something like that, maybe, maybe trading up is something that they, they consider doing to maximize the talent that they can bring into the locker room. It's just so interesting this year, especially with obviously all the well-documented challenges that we we've got, you know, sixth year college seniors in this draft. We have people whose the scouting process was so interrupted by COVID and by different NFL rules. Everything is a little bit different than it used to be. But even with that, this uncertainty is wild. I mean, we're, we're two days out from the draft, and tell me the best quarterback in the draft. <laughs> Depends on who you talk to. It's probably Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis. Who's the best wide receiver in the draft? Wilson, London, Jameson Williams. Who's the best corner in the draft? Derek Stingley or Sauce Gardner are both in the conversation. Who's the best tackle? Evan Neal, Ikonwu, Charles Cross. Defensive end, Hutchinson, Walker, Thibodeau. You've got so many different opinions depending on who you ask. This draft's really going to come down to teams trusting their scouting process. And if they have a particular favorite out of these groups, going and getting them. And if they don't, maybe maneuvering around that draft board for a spot where if you're happy getting any of this tier of player... You can sit there and take whoever's still at the spot at that board while amassing extra picks later on. I think we're going to see a lot of trades during this draft. Yeah, I think so. That's something I think that is predictable at this point because of how, well, I guess you could argue that one of the uh, one of the benefits of this variability is that there's depth in this draft too, which I think is really great. Like you don't have to hit – you know, every early round, you can still capitalize on a on a first round and fourth round picks. Uh, you know, a lot some of starter caliber players out there. That's exactly not superstar. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and a lot of athletic freaks too, which I think is what's leading to a lot of this too. Is you've got a lot of these ver- either versatile and or athletic and or you know maybe they don't have the uh, the the experience or the NFL ready skill set, but they're six seven and three hundred fifty pounds, you know something yeah. like that. That just and you know can run a four a four, a four six <laughs> forty or something like that, which is just insane. So, and that's driven Walker's late climb, possibly to the number one overall pick. You know Jordan Davis is there in top yeah. ten discussion, but maybe twenties range. It's so dependent on team and who's there. And plus, we have all these teams that do not have a first-round draft pick. When you've got eight teams with multiple first-round draft picks, 
there's eight that don't have a first round draft pick at all. That's true. <laughs> That's really true. Uh, <laughs> I think I listen. We're not we're not ones for math here. Everybody knows that, but it's close enough, if not accurate. Um, that's that's absolutely true. Which means there's going to be some spoils up there. Which means, like you said, there's going to be trades because there are assets galore. That probably winds up balancing out more in the first round than not. I would imagine to closer to every team having a pick than than it is right now. But uh, that just means that there's a, a lot of excitement that. For from the Titans' perspective, that somebody that we're going to get really excited about is going to drop to us at 26, which is my favorite part about my anticipation for tomorrow. <laughs> and one of the reasons that I'm hoping that they don't reach for a quarterback because personally I'm not going to be excited about them drafting a quarterback in the 26 spot. There might be decent value there, decent it's on the edge in terms of best available, but – for them to do that knowing that there's probably going to be somebody who is higher on the big board, ranked for them, and an elite talent in some aspect, in some attribute, available there, in one of those other positions, it, it just makes it makes me hope that they take advantage of that. Uh, so we talked about this a little bit on the show on Sunday night. We didn't get nearly as much time as uh, we we never do. We never, never get as much time to go as in-depth as we would love to with some of this stuff. But it is, uh, I mean, it is a fascinating draft, especially in that right. It's so dependent on what a lot of these teams with multiple picks go. I love the Titans' position at 26. There's a couple of, depending on how you feel about certain players, what's the Titans' biggest need in this draft. But whatever that is, it kind of lines up with that meaty spot of the draft where they are right now. Whether you think the Titans' biggest need is at cornerback, is at wide receiver, is at offensive line, all of those spots project to have a solid value right there at 26 where the Titans are drafting. And... Yeah, that's pretty good. And also, again, I'd be surprised, but I wouldn't be shocked if they do go the quarterback route. Just thinking, look, we think, it's even that's no sure thing, but we expect Pickett and Willis to be off the board by 26. I would imagine so. We don't so. know if anyone else would be. It's possible one of them slips down to 26, and it's also possible that teams see a, one or two go early and decide, get desperate, and either trade up or use their picks. And we see guys like Des Ritter or Matt Coral go in the 20s also before the Titans go. All of that's still very possible. <laughs> that's so feasible to me, to, to, you hear the, to hear you lay that out for that to happen. But if it is a situation where the Titans do like one of those quarterbacks at this spot, it's not unreasonable to draft them this year at 26. You already have a solid team. That Yes, there are needs that you could plug with the more maybe now necessary hole with that 26 pick. But again, this is still a deep draft. You don't have a second rounder, but you've got two fourths. You've got a third. You can start filling some of those spots later on while you have a 50-year option as a late first round draft pick on your quarterback of the future. If you don't trust Ryan Tannehill to be that guy, 
after this year, that money gets easier to swallow. You could have someone like, I mean, Malik Willis to me would be the most tempting. He has, in my opinion, the most talent of any, the most upside of any quarterback in this draft. And if you're getting drafted by the Titans, you're sitting a year behind Tannehill. Yep. At least that's not a question. So he could really benefit from that. That would tempt me the most. I like Matt Corral more than I think Corral more than most people do. He's maybe my third quarterback in this draft. So maybe the Titans fall in love with a guy like Corral or they fall in love with a guy like Ritter. Sam Howell has his fans in the NFL. I'm 100% sure. There are a lot of questions here, and it would sort of make sense to take that pick now. You expect to be a good team. You don't expect to be drafting high in the draft next year when you have more highly rated prospects available to you. If you can get one of the quarterbacks who may be your highest scouted QB in the entire draft this year while staying put at 26, it's a pretty tempting possibility for the Titans. It, but I still don't think it's the most likely outcome. I don't either. But I think depending on if we could avoid that quarterback run, and of course, like you illustrated, all of this is dependent on what happens in the first 25 picks and certainly in the first 15 or so. But it, And what Titan scouts think of them. That's true, too. I mean, we got to trust in, in, in the Titan scouts, trust in John Robinson, trust in in uh in Vrabel and making some of these assessments here as to who fits in this culture because there's also the piece that the Titans have established a very unique albeit mimicking of New England to some degree uh culture of football here which is why they've succeeded they bring in the right type of players they let go of the players that don't they're willing to bring in players that everybody and their mom looks at and goes I don't know if that's a fit or worthwhile, and they find a way to make it fit because they're experts at evaluating what the right uh, fit is in this Titans culture. So you do have to trust in that, and you do have to believe that if they're going to take the number 26 pick and go with a quarterback, that that's somebody that's going to fit uh, or have the at least a high percentage potential to do that and have the talent to grow behind Tannehill. But if that run on quarterbacks doesn't happen in the first round that really forces your hand at 26 that meat that you're talking about for things like guard for things like wide receiver and even cornerback uh, and certainly some defensive back there's some versatile safeties in there too that have some really good talent that are all hanging out late first round to mid second round that trading back behooves there too to maybe turn that first into a couple of seconds where you can get that quarterback and still get talent in that position. Uh, I don't know if two seconds is likely, but something like that would be really, really helpful to offset that if our hand isn't forced based on what happens early in the second round. Yeah. Again, there's really nothing that would be a big surprise in this draft. That would make sense. The only thing that would surprise me is if they trade out of that spot to draft a quarterback because then you lose that 50-year option that having a late first-rounder would Good give point. you. It, but if you're filling other holes there, that's plenty likely. Two seconds in this draft for a late first might work out pretty well. But again, in order of likeliness, I really like... I think the most likely pick for the Titans, based on where the draft boards are lying with mock drafts, Zion Johnson. 
the interior offensive lineman out of Boston College, would be my mock draft to the Titans, as we're sitting here saying it today. It matches a need. I love the player. I think he's incredibly talented and worth being in that spot. And it also doesn't hurt that he rooms with Mike Vrabel's son. That's a, that's a really good point. No, I think that'd be I think that'd be a great pick right there. And we all know how important this for the success of the Titans that creating a strong offensive line and fitting culture there is. Probably, I, I would argue, there's yeah. no more important role or room, let's call it, in the Titans locker room than the offensive line room which is why we've been so hefty on Taylor Lewan over the last couple of years because he's been the he's been the the beacon of that and when he's not playing well which we saw a lot over the last year or so relatively speaking of course or not on the field at all or not on the field at all we we suffer and it's great that we have Derrick Henry who can run well despite having gaps in the offensive line but that's not the ideal that's not what you know, gives Ryan Tannehill the best opportunity at succeeding. So, you know, it certainly I would put as a holistic top value or top need here for the for the Tennessee Titans that creating more offensive space there with offensive line and tools for Ryan Tannehill would be the top two things. And uh, uh, just edging that out would be investing in that. So Zion Johnson would be a, a, a great pick in that space. Kenyon Green is the other offensive guard that we see a lot in that region on mark draft on mock drafts. The Texas A&M guard, I feel like he'd be a strong pick there if the Titan. Again, I love that you mentioned the Titans' culture earlier on because, unfortunately, despite the pullover, we don't have access to the Titans' prospect interviews. We don't know how they feel about fits for certain players. We have a pretty good idea with Zion Johnson, obviously, with that connection with Mike Rabel there. He's probably has some some good reviews there. But yeah, the, the Titans really do value their culture. And if you want to build on that momentum of being, as we need to remind everybody often, the number one seed in the AFC last season. <laughs> that did happen. You want to build off of that momentum. You play to your strengths, to your culture. And that is that bruising offensive line, Derrick Henry, your bruising defensive line, which is a monster strength of this team. So, yeah, as many offensive linemen as you can throw into that, as many talented linemen there, <clears throat> that feels like an absolute most likely pick matching up with the way this draft board falls. To us, at least. Yeah, I, I think I would actually, I don't want to dissent from you or try to just agree, but... I think that's our best our best investment there. The fifth-year option with a quarterback, you can argue from an investment standpoint if they're in love with somebody that that makes sense. But you see a lot of depth, even going into the fourth round or the third round when we have our next rounds of picks for skilled players at tight end, at, uh, at, uh, at wide receiver, and even some depth at running back, which is always helpful in this situation, and, and at cornerback. So... I, I think that's the likely spot there and uh, for, or likely thing for them to invest in at that point. But it will certainly be tempting. I think the biggest temptation beyond that are some of the some of the wide receivers that are hanging out around there that are really exciting, as you and I dug into a little bit uh, on the call on, um, on Sunday uh, on the radio show, that, you know, they, there's everything from big-bodied wide receivers 
to you know those those gadgety uh, speedsters that can open up the offense that uh, that you know you value really highly and not you know, you're not alone in that. But uh, <laughs> I just want to see him succeed so badly. I wanted to see Destiny McCluster be a superstar. I know. <laughs> They're still, even when they're not superstars, though, what we're seeing now is that they are critical to your 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 toolbox. Like, everybody has to have that. Even if it's not your second wide receiver, you've got to have at least somebody that you can plug in to run some of these plays that open up the middle and or can be speedy along the outside while you're doing all these other things. And if they help out on special teams, all the better. But yeah, you Absolutely. take the pressure off of AJ Brown as the only guy who can make things happen with the ball in his hands. That's always a good thing. But no, I'm glad you brought that up because arguably the Titans' two biggest holes in the roster right now would be wide receiver. You know, Robert Woods and AJ Brown are a great starting pair. They still have some question marks about them. And yeah, we saw some of the depth wide receivers make plays last season. But I don't think anyone could argue that you need more in your wide receiver room right now. No, none of us really liked those picks later in the draft last year when, you know, Des Fitzpatrick uh, raising McMath. I don't think these guys are the answers as a starting wide receiver in the NFL right now. Hopefully they still have roles on special team and depth, but that's the role you're at. If you want a starting quality wide receiver and every team needs at least three in today's NFL. Maybe you get somebody in there. Somebody like Traylon Burks would look fantastic on the field right now for the Titans next to those two. And your other defensive secondary. Now, Christian Fulton took a huge leap last year, but Jackrabbit Jenkins got released. There were two high draft picks last year. We, you know, we barely saw any of Molden on the of Caleb Farley on the field while Molden played a lot. And pretty well. You can feel all right about those guys. But if a Kyler Gordon's still there, if a Kyir Elam's still there, uh, maybe even McDuffie, there's a lot of cornerback names that would be a good value at that point in the draft. And there's also a lot of great safeties in this draft. I picture a lot of them more as second or third rounders. But, hey, we're not really at this part of the show right now, but why not since we're on it? One of my favorite players in this draft out of the first round might sneak in there. Who, who knows in this year? But uh, Jalen Peacher, Peter at the Baylor safety. Just there's a lot of good safeties in the same general tier as Peter. But sometimes you get a gut feeling just watching somebody. And that's one of mine this year. He's he's a guy I'd want on my team. I like that. I, I think that's a great pick. And one of my favorite types of players to pick up anywhere you can in the draft is one of those versatile safeties. And there, there's a few of them that might be hanging out uh, around us. You mentioned McDuffie. Um, uh, sorry, not as a safety, but in as a, as a defensive back. But um, the versatility there, Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame, too. Um, oh, he, I would be shocked if he's there at 26. But, sh- hey, but those are the things, things that, that could open up. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's definitely a stretch. But, uh, and, there, and there's two of them. Had. You know, him and Daxton Hill uh, – around that same space, uh, you know, th- those are two super valuable positions that we may not need right now. And those are the kind of players that can convert to playing, uh, you know, coverage roles and-, and things like that too, that all you're doing is adding into your toolbox. Just like it's, I-, I look at it in the same way that we were just talking about wide receivers. You get that, 
I'm sorry to keep using the terms. I'm not a big fan of it, but that gadgety kind of wide receiver. But these guys who are versatile and can blossom into maybe being a Robert Woods who has a little bit more of a defined role in an offense. Um, Those are both super valuable to just get in your room, especially if they fit the culture and, and just let them grow into where they need to be. I mean, Somebody like that uh, on the offensive side, uh, one of those wide receivers can can run running back packages too, can run sweeps, can uh, open up the offense and give a lot of different things for uh, for uh, Tannehill and for Derrick Henry to operate in their core game plan. And that's the same thing with a safety that can offer some of that to uh, our burgeoning quarterbacks, cornerbacks. Yeah, we feel... It's hard to think of safety as a need for the Titans as long as you have Kevin Byard back Absolutely. there making up for a lot of mistakes and just making a big play every single game. But, yeah, Crookshanks is gone. Kenny Vaccaro's gone. Who plays next to him is still a little bit of a question. And, yeah, the Titans have had uh, – Hooker's been great when he has been on the field. True. He hasn't quite been able to – cement himself there so i don't think safety's as big a need for the titans team as quarterback corner back bite me but uh, yeah i really think that in that order offensive line wide receiver corner line up as both titan needs and the sweet spot of this draft at 26 for them and later on sure you can go for deeper sleepers or more talent in those spots. Again, this fourth round could be very, very strong. Uh, some of our favorite players, some of our hottest draft risers. What's his name? The freakishly athletic tight end who's been climbing up draft boards. Jelani Davis? Is that it? Absolutely would love a pick like that with one of the Titans' fourth rounders. Yeah, I know Austin Hooper's on the team now, but adding that kind of athleticism, that's not Hooper's game. That can only help the Titans in multiple packages and as a team that plays multiple tight ends a lot deeper in those. If you're talking your favorite sleepers, I mentioned Wandale Robinson. That's on the show. That's what you've been referring to as our favorite kind of gadget player or small speedy receiver. Hopefully it doesn't just get relegated to bubble screens all day, but I know he can do so much as we saw in his Kentucky career. But staying local, I mean, and your Kentucky player there in Wandale, but Velas Jones Jr. out of UT is another one of those maybe fourth, fifth, later round wide receivers that has, I think, quite a bit of upside, but could also contribute right now, whether it's in designated gadget plays or absolutely on special teams. <laughs> yeah, I know as much as Titans fans don't want to hear about another wide receiver drafted in a fourth round for special teams. The, These are just players I like in those roles as far as this deep draft goes. Well, don't forget, I know I know you don't, but I'm saying that to any of those other people, how important special teams are. If they're operating and they're and you have the right players there. What's that, Green Bay Packers? Yeah, it's huge, man. And it's been a strength of the Titans for a long time, so investing in that is huge. And if it's your farm team to grow up, some players that can be uh, make offensive impacts, uh, especially as a wide receiver, then by all means do it, man. Load up there. It's not fun the first year, but we're in a we're in a position as Titans fans that 
Just like we're talking about, a quarterback isn't going to get us super excited this year. I don't know. Maybe I'm only speaking for myself because the the prospect of a good quarterback that fits is always exciting. But but the we have the luxury of investing in the future and getting players in here that uh, that fit our culture. With that said, I still maintain the most important thing for the Titans to do in the early parts of this draft, at least are shore up their most glaring gaps, which you so gracefully outlined, so that we can win a gosh darn championship, man. Like, what else is more important right now than doing that? Your window is open. Go all in. This is it. I totally agree. So get get players that allow this offense to operate at the at the level that we expect it to. This should be a high powered, albeit ground and pound offense that that and that's the whole point of bringing Robert Woods in is to open that up. But we saw what happened with Julio Jones last year too. It's not a guarantee that any player coming off injuries and that has you know sign, is signing a big deal coming over is going to make the impact that we expect. I'm not saying they're in the exact same situation, but we can see similarities. This the, we need to hedge that bet and make sure that we have the depth there to handle it. I would argue that our defense is sustainable the way it is. I don't want it. I certainly think we need to shore up those that defensive back, cornerback space. But I would say for sure offensive line and offensive weapons would be the top two priorities to make an impact in winning a championship this year. And if you make A.J. Brown a little bit happier before these contract negotiations – that doesn't hurt either. It only Get helps. A field stretcher. See what you need. Yeah, I, I would love to see one of those field stretching wide receivers join the team too. There's yeah, there's a lot of different directions the Titans can go here. But again, that biggest, maybe most attention grabbing headline pick, I would not be mad if they draft a quarterback this year because I do trust John Robinson. I do trust the Titans culture, and I feel like that would mean. They don't think they don't. They have no plans on flopping it all over on rebuilding this team. You get your quarterback this year when you're picking when the draft, the strength of the quarterback draft lines up with where you're picking in the draft. And you feel like you have your guy make that move. There's nothing as important in the NFL as having the right quarterback, obviously, except maybe a great offensive line because that makes everybody look better. (laughs) <laughs> it does. I mean, you can win a championship with a mediocre quarterback and a great offensive line, but harder they, and harder to do every year in the NFL. Harder and harder, and there's definitely an outsized value on a singular person in the quarterback. You can build an offensive line. You can't find a good quarterback, and that's that's the hardest. That's that's the the biggest difference there. They may be equally important, but it's a singular person with a unique skill set that you need to operate in, in as a good quarterback. And I'd be lying if I said, I'm not nervous about Ryan Tannehill coming into this season last season and the performance in the, in the playoffs that shook me. I'm, I'm, I'm shaken Ryan. So you know, do I trusted him to be our starting quarterback? Yeah. Do I think we can win a championship with him? Yes, I those I still believe those things, but th- that belief is dwindling. Uh, I'll put I'll put that out there. So having that in there and knowing that we need to have a 
we have a culture and we have something that the Titans haven't had in a long time, which is something that should be sustainable with young talent and 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 a and a sustainable culture. Sure, I'd love for them to invest in that, but I'm I'm ready for a championship too. Yeah, we're ready to go far into the playoffs to win to bring that championship parade down Broadway. Ah, man, I what what a moment that would be, just a capper on what a sports city Nashville's become. And that's there's a legit chance this year again. This is a very very good Titans team. And we just want a couple breaks to go this way. And it's possible, man. So as excited as we are about that, as the draft overall, I think what I'm most excited about watching, at, look, we're, we're Sports Talk radio hosts. We're here on the radio talking sports every single week with you guys. We're obviously big-time sports nerds. <laughs> we love rolling deep into all of this stuff. But what I am really excited to see this year is just how much of a chess match it becomes with all the uncertainty, trying to play other teams' draft boards. This is why I love franchise mode when you're playing Madden or something. <laughs> and you go into that draft. Look, in the NFL, they can't just save before it and reload if it doesn't go their way. <laughs> That's true. Higher We've stakes. got multiple teams with top 10 picks. And where are you going to go? If you're the Jets with 4 and 10, you've got to be thinking so hard. Who can I get at 4 that I can't get at 10? and vice versa, out of your favorite prospects in this draft. We're pretty sure that defensive ends are going to go at least 1-2, if not 1-2-3, which puts that at maybe a little bit of higher premium. The Giants at 5-7 and seven gets interesting as well. The Panthers are there at 6. Do they take their quarterback? Do they take an offensive lineman they desperately need and hope that improves Darnold? Do they trade out? And then who knows what's coming? who's coming up for what? So who do you take at five when you think you can still get somebody at seven, two picks later? Or do they trade out and try to get more picks or trade up and try to get someone they're really, really going for? It's such an incredibly fascinating year. I really think we're going to see the difference between good organizations with good front office relationships and good scouting departments. This is the year for them to shine. Yeah. Because we're going to see chess not checkers on the draft board this year and that's pretty fun as a sports enthusiast this is a pretty exciting moment for sure yeah. now that's well said chess instead of checkers so there's so much in play and it'll the whole dynamic will change with every pick uh i, I like that it's relatively predictable what the first couple picks are probably going to be but i think i would not be surprised if one of those was totally shaken up, which changes the whole board for everybody. So we've heard a lot of buzz lately that Derek Stingley could be the Texans pick at number three, not only jumping from where he'd been sliding all se all draft season before his pro day, but all the way up to number three above sauce Gardner. Even there's, you know, there's a lot of buzz around everything there. Would they take Thibodeau if he's at three? The Texans have a hole on their, their pretty much entire roster as a whole. So <laughs> would they take yeah. a do-it-all guy like Kyle Hamilton? Would they take uh, the best cornerback available? Would they take the best defensive end out of the two that weren't already picked, supposedly? Or, you know, maybe an offensive lineman. Neil, Ikanwu, those guys are 
very deserving of being top five picks, top three picks, maybe even top overall in a draft like this. Yeah. But I will say that I do like seeing this late run for Trayvon Walker, getting all the buzz at going number one overall right now. Because just as a storyline, Softy, Hutchinson staying in Michigan and trying to turn around the Lions with that second pick, that's nice. I nice like that. Simpatico. I like that. I like that. Uh, the Lions certainly deserve and could use some kind of win and something to rally around there when your whole team dissipates and goes and wins a championship elsewhere. <laughs> so that's uh, that's really – I like that. I like that a lot. And it, that could happen. That could happen. There's going to be spoils coming in. I think that's the other part of this is that it's not just that it's hard to make a decision for these early ones, but that means that somebody picking at 8 and 10 and 12 and – there's some spoils to be picked up there that could be like franchise changing. And I think that's also what's exciting, especially to see what, you know, the New York teams do with their couple of picks that are, that are high. Um, there, there's things that could really turn them around uh, based on, you know, the fact that they've got quarterbacks that they're ready to roll the dice with. And I think that feels really good for both the jets and the giants to know that, they could pick some really game-changing players to plug in, and if their quarterbacks do something this season, then th- those could be teams that definitively compete. Man, so many options. We love the NFL draft season. There will never be another one like downtown Nashville NFL draft, obviously, but we'll hope to get it back at some point. We're so excited about this. Hey, man, before we wrap this up, I've got a big Nice, hot, spicy take from our draft guy, A.T. I've been waiting to save it for you. I love this one. We'll we'll give you some spicy takes, too, but I I love his. It's a favorite. As soon as he said it, I said, man, that's that's nice. That's a spicy take. (laughs) He's sad he couldn't be here with us to broadcast with you guys, but I asked him for one thing about the draft he felt strongly about, and he told me that Tyler Linderbaum is going to be the best player out of this draft. Ooh. That's I that's a spicy a take. I like it. I love it. I thinking strongly on Linderbaum too. I want, you know, the other team that's close to my heart, the downtrodden New York Jets. Mm-hmm. I would love to see him fall to one of those top early second round picks that they have because I see a lot of Nick Mangold in Linderbaum's Ooh. game. And someone you can just anchor your line around for years. So when when a guy who we respect his draft takes, like Anthony Thomas, tells us that he thinks Linderbaum could be the best player out of this draft, man, that uh, that grabs some attention. Yeah, talk about game changing. Can you imagine if your Jets could get a couple of players in the first round that that really, you know, whether that's a edge rush or or you know a a, a, a skill player that just changes everything. You get your quarterback makes a big difference, big leap this next year, and you get to anchor your your offensive line with somebody that could be the best player in the draft. You can't draft better than that. Uh, Speaking for them, I would love to see Sauce Gardner go with the four pick. And then it's at 10. Again, it depends on the board, but you should have your pick of one of the top wide receivers available, whether on their board, that's Garrett Wilson, whether on that their board, that's Drake London. Nail that pick at 10, potentially a defensive end slips, and you could get a guy like Thibodeau there too. But I love the idea of coming away with Gardner, Drake London, let's say, 
and then Linderbaum with an early second pick or using those multiple seconds to get back into the back end of the first round for him. Yeah. That feels real strong. Or if I'm the Cincinnati Bengals, who've been briefing up their offensive line as their only mis- their only real weakness on a Super Bowl team last season. I know, we still don't want to talk about it, Titans fans, but <laughs> got one mistake away. Could have been us. But yeah, if that Bengals team, who's already done work on their offensive line, can stay pat where they're sitting and pick up a guy like Linderbaum as another piece, that's scary. It is. There's a lot of really, really powerful options here. I love thinking about that. I love thinking about a center, a position who, again, one of the very few that we have a consensus best in the draft for this year. But because of where he plays, you might be slipping down the draft boards a little bit. I I like that. I think that's a good, nice, spicy take for a a good talk show like ours. So let's go with that. I like that one, too. You got any... uh, any favorites or or spicy takes for us? All right. Well, I, I sleeper uh, prediction. I, I am certainly not as good at, at making these choices as AT is, but I'm going to give you a spicy take, and it goes back to this this wild quarterback room that we're talking about. I'm putting my money on Des Ritter being the best quarterback to come out of this draft. That's my Ooh. spicy take. I like that too. I. I, I like the way he plays. I think he's got the versatility, uh, and and I think he can make an impact really quickly too, um, if put in the right situation. What situation that is, I have no idea. But that's my spicy, hot, spicy take <laughs> for you, Drew. All right, fine. I'll put myself out there too and give you one. You know what? I'm going to piggyback on your quarterback take, and I'm going to say that in a draft where nobody seems to like any of the quarterbacks, where we're seeing max out of two in our mock drafts first round quality. I think we're seeing four quarterbacks go in the first round this year. I will take, it'll end up being that roughly even. Yeah, (laughs) I will. I'll take that pick. And I love, Uh, I hope that happens. (sighs) Teams will get desperate when quarterbacks. It's true. The options that that opens up for the Titans is huge. If that run happens, we don't go for the quarterback in the first round, and then we can maybe get a, a, a second round pick somehow out of this. Boy, we could we could do we could do some damage. Uh, I really think so with some with some startable impact players. So, hey, I'm good excited. run. We're all excited about the draft. We'll be back on Sunday night, of course, on WXNA on Walk It Off to talk about it with you, and of course anywhere online you can hit us up wherever we'll be at walk off radio on your social media at walk it off radio all over the place it's been a pleasure talking to you as always buddy Uh, let's thank uh, anthony thomas for giving us some uh some info into this draft even if he couldn't be here today that's right he's a real deal looking forward to thursday it's gonna be a lot of fun absolutely looking forward to sunday on the radio with all of you nashville can't wait brother man so go party buddy cheers brother i will i already had some fun i was here with you all right. Hey, let's do it. Talking sports, what we love doing. We'll catch you uh, later. Let's see a Grizz win today. Let's go, Grizz.